Today's message as well, although it is extreme home makeover, um, and I love relationship messages we, because we do a lot of the, a lot of the care um, with people. It's often between husbands and wives and such. But I also love the relationship of Jesus' church with his community and with others. You know, not the one and others, right? The ones that are, that are just walking alongside you in your workplace and, and, and maybe um, other churches in town and, and other people of faith that are, that are serving and then people that don't follow the same faith as us. What is our relationship with them? What, what does Jesus say about that? Does he, does he give us some instruction on how, how to actually get along? Because I don't know about you, but I always try and take care of it myself. I use my methods. You know, I, if, I, if I get enough information, if I learn enough, then I'm going to be able to convince or, or, or teach them or, or show them this thing that I've got the information and, and they're probably wrong. Uh, maybe I'll sit down here if that's okay. You guys cool with I sit down? Thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, one of my observations today as well is, I don't know about you guys, but I noticed that, that we don't fix a lot of things. You know, there used to be repair shops for everything. You know, there was VCR repair shops, Faith Electronics. I remember any guys ever take your stuff in there? You know, your VCR is not tracking right or whatever. You'd take it in. Now, it just seems like we just toss things away. You know, or there were shoe repair shops. You know, you didn't just wear them out. You, they fixed them up again for you. And I, and I wonder if, you know, appliance stores... You know, how many guys call it the beer fridge in the garage? You know, that fridge that just won't go away. It just runs from back in the 60s. And yet today, you know, you, you buy something, and there's this, this short expectancy on it. And, and I wonder, I wonder if that culture slips into our relationship sometimes. That we just kind of move on and, and don't maybe look into how we can repair things or 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 to make things better, because there's always another coming along. There's always another opportunity, another church that we can attend. You know, and I'm going to probably step on some toes today. I've been a part of this congregation or this church for oh, pretty much, well, once we started exploring faith and we found it, we thought, okay, this is it. We, there's lots of times, guys, we felt like leaving. Lots. And this isn't a guilt thing. If you've left a congregation somewhere and come here, this isn't about that. But if there's something we can look a little bit deeper in that relationship that God's trying to give us a way to reconcile, to make things better with not only us or another church or another family member or, or that workmate at work, and do our methods work in making those things better? I got this from an Andy Stanley message. I love Andy Stanley. He's just such a practical, simple he just puts things in words. So this, again, if this is not that great, it's his message. I just stole it. <laughs> but it resonated in me because I could see myself in this thing. I could see myself in it. He talks about four C's. The four C's of how we can make things better. And, and, there, and there are methods. And I forgot to say hi to all the people watching online. You know who you are. If you're sitting there in front of your screen and having a coffee, welcome. I know the roads are a little off today, but... Give our online audience a, a big cheer there. But the four C's, we, we, we try and convince, we try and convict, <laughs> we try and coerce, and we try and control. 
Because if we could just do those things, that, that's our part, right? Let's just do our part in those things. And, and many of you will recognize those things because maybe that was the church that you brought up in. You know, trying to convict you and, and to say, you know, if you do this, that's going to go wrong. And, or maybe it was the way your parents brought you up. And, and I'm not knocking parents because I'm one myself. And I've often tried to uh, control my kids' choices by, you know, coercing or convicting them or convincing them that I'm right. You know, because you, you mean well. You, you really want to make this relationship better. You want to make their life better. But, but the tools we use... And, and we feel like sometimes if we can just fight a little harder, get a little bit more stubborn about our way, you know, then maybe that's going to work. Tony Dungy says, stubbornness is a virtue when you're right. But are we always that right? Are we always right? Are we that certain? Just because we've got more information, there's probably more information out there that's going to support the other case or the other side of the story. It's more important to be kind, I believe, than to be Right? Because uh, I've been right lots of times, even in my marriage. I know Cindy's not here to say I haven't, but <laughs> it didn't always go that much better for me. You know what I mean? You're like, hey, but I'm right. And it's like, hmm, you feel pretty good about that until you, oop, sorry. I got this. This is an illustration. I'm going to pull that out in a little bit. It just beat me. Maybe I said something wrong. <laughs> but it, it's more important to be one than to to be right. You know, as a church, it's more, we're, we're not all, and this is a, a church this size, we're not all going to have the same idea. That's all going to work. Believe me. From volume of music to type of music to, I mean, you can just, you, there's numerous, numerous ways. What we study in our connect groups, what we, what we teach, what we preach, how we uh, impact our community. There's, we're never really going to agree on everything, but, but if we can be in unity about it, at least others might go, well, they got some of their act together. Because if we start doing our own little agendas, we'll never go nowhere. Never make a, another step forward. And it's the same in our own relationships. So number one, we try and convince. Let me just go into convince a little bit. It says, I have all the information and more than you do, so I'm right. If I can just convince you of that, I've got it all. And I've, believe me, I've looked on YouTube. I know all the answers. I've researched this thing. Has that ever changed anyone? I talked about winning arguments with Cindy at times because I was right, maybe, or maybe I was a better debater. You know, because you can get pretty good at making others think that you're right. You know, you can be pretty convincing sometimes, but does that really make you a better person? If they're destroyed or, or if they just felt neglected, does that make you any better? You know, it seems so simple, but we're just right. You know, we just want them to see it. If only they could see what I see, they would know what I know. Let me ask you this. If you're right, why is it so important that other people would believe it? You know, about my faith journey, I love this because, I mean, how many different churches are there and how many different opinions on how you should do church? And there's so much information over thousands of years of people saying, do this and do this and do this. Like, like how confident in my relationship, my relationship with God would it be if I had to argue with everybody about that? And I, I, I sometimes, actually, I don't really don't enjoy watching debates on that kind of stuff. And often I'll have people, what do you guys take on this? What do you guys believe about this? And I'm like, if you have to ask, then, then I'm not sure. 
I mean, when do we stop asking all the different questions and debating all the different things? There's nothing wrong with getting information, but when we try and just lord it over other people wherever God's called them to do, I don't know if we're doing that much better. We're just trying to convince them. And again, my faith journey, I've, I've always been kind of like, okay, this is what I believe, and, and I see the evidence in my life. I don't, I don't need to convince you. As a matter of fact, when I try and convince you, I think I come across insincere. Because again, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm eroding away at something that maybe God's raised you in. It's just not my interest. Or we try and control. Number two, control. Put something under our control. Religion uses a lot of rules. You know, if we just tell them what not to do, how to dress, what to do this, then, then they're, gonna, they're just going to have a great relationship with God. I mean, think about it. <laughs> Has that ever worked? <laughs> Is there that big of great of evidence in those individuals' lives that because they dress differently or, or we, we, uh, we have a different method that all of a sudden God goes, yeah, that's, you've got a golden ticket. And yet we struggle in those ways with our faith. Or we try and convict. And this is the, this is the shame game. You know, we try and say, use statements like, after all I've done... <laughs> did this and I did that and, and, and for you. And, and as a pastor, sometimes, you know, I'll admit, sometimes you, you help somebody and then, then they end up getting hurt and you end up hurting them. And, and then that comes into my mind sometimes, like after all those times, and then you just go somewhere else, sort of feel so betrayed. But I think when you feel that, you're, you're kind of feeling a little bit more like Jesus because he had some pretty close dudes near him too that left. So is God trying to teach us something by these relationships that our methods of using these items are just probably not the proper ones? Because then we convict people because they owe us something. I don't want anybody to feel they owe me anything. Whatever I give, whatever I help, it's, it's a gift. You know, and I, one thing through, uh, I shouldn't even go there, but our transition as a church you know, people would say, you know, like, man, that's like, I did this there, and I did that there. And I'm like, okay, that was it the right attitude then if you're looking that somebody owes you something? Who did you do it for? You know, this is kind of serious stuff. That is a good, lighthearted Ralph. I thought he was going to be funny. Sometimes I am. <laughs> I can be sometimes, but this one's in my heart. You know, as a campus guy, I get to share that part of it because those are my observations. When you try and coerce people or persuade an unwilling person to do something by force. You know, we've, we've done that with lifestyles. You know, we just, we don't, I don't understand it. I honestly don't. Try and just get in there and make them different. Never seen it work. Just end up hurting people, making them feel rejected. And I don't think Jesus would do that. I think somehow they would go, wow, was this love? Who is this one? Like the woman at the well. He waited and he says, this isn't your first husband. <laughs> like you've, you've been messing up. What a story. Instead of all this convincing her she's all these things, she already knew it. And so did he, but he still loved her. Man, that's Jesus. We're funny people. You know, we're funny people, no matter if you're a Christian or not. And this is something too, if you're a Christian here and, or maybe you're just exploring your faith um, I, I don't look at any level of faith type of thing because you're likely loving others as good as 
any person who follows the Ten Commandments and goes to church in a regular way. You're, you're, don't, don't think you're disqualified here by my eyes anyways or my heart that because you don't know or study or do the same practices that I do that I look at you any less. Because if I did, then that would mean God would look at me the same way. Right? I got to go, oh, man, that catches you quick. And this is, have you guys ever played taboo? It's the most annoying sound. And if you play taboo, the, the theme of the game is you watch somebody, and they're, they're supposed to describe something without using a certain, am I right? A certain group of words, right? Like, and, you know, like, so if it's like, you know, I can't remember, airplane, you can't go flight, you know, because, and be, and it's so, so often, you know, the, the person's watching, don't you let them say any of those words, don't let them, don't you let them sin, don't you let them do anything, and we're so, you're, if you forget this thing, I'm always pretty quick, it's like, oh, what, what, what did I say, I didn't say nothing, oh yeah, you're right, you're right, no, you're good, keep going, right, have you ever done that, it's like, oh, oh yeah, wait, no, you said cat, and it's, you know, it's a pet, oh, cat's a pet, it's in the list. We're so quick to jump on that game. It just drives me nuts. So this is kind of one of those, I didn't want to use it because I go, eh, that could be the same thing, but this is such an annoying noise. I'm hoping you're going to walk out of here a little bit annoyed because likely that means it meant something to you, which is good. Pastor Kelly shared this scripture last week and, and, and the Apostle Paul wrote this and this is required. He was talking about relationship problems in the church and he didn't know any of these people personally. Likely, he just gave this statement. Philippians 2.5 says, in your, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That's easy. Or is it? Same attitude, same perspective, same approach. And this is where I think our approach changes sometimes because we think if it's up to us to make this people. You know, I don't know that I'd ever see Jesus with a protest sign. I know I'm stepping on some things, but I just can't see him on Mammograth Drive with a sign. It's like, hey, wasn't that Jesus? Was he, what's he against? You know, it's like, is he against? And I'm against protesting, but I don't know how to show it, so I'm no better. When you walk around, no, no protests, you know. Oh, <laughs> eh, eh, eh. You're protesting. So I'm not saying I'm any better. But is that the best method? That's what I'm picking on here. Is that the best method? The thing is here, in reconciling and, and working on relationships, it always begins with us. If, if we wait for the other person, you know, if we actually we go, I'm, no, they did me wrong, and I'm just going to sit here. You know what? That makes you just like them. Because you're using that control. You're, you're using that flight. You're pulling back so that they feel bad because of what they did. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to sit back and just, I'm going to wait for them. You're, you're just as, you're just as, same as them. You, you got to see yourself and go, okay, that's me. Oh, hello. And that's the whole hurt people, hurt people. You do the same thing back and it's not going to give you guys results. I'll tell you, it won't. Is it easy? No. Rebuilding means I'll be the one to make the start to make things better. I'm going to be the one in the community that's going to not tell somebody when they're doing something wrong just because it's my conviction. Romans 12, 9 is our first scripture. It says, love must be sincere, heartfelt, from the heart, genuine. In a close, close relationship, you, my wife knows when I'm not sincere. She knows. And that's the thing. When you get into your tighter relationships, um, they're going to know. And actually, I think when, when you actually are sincere to people outside of the church, 
they're, they're already thinking, I, I doubt it. They're just saying that. And they may even test you in that because of the hurt they've experienced from church or religion. So, so maybe that sincerity, it's, it's like that, that takes a close relationship. That's, that takes listening to the other person's story. That takes not judging them when you hear all the hurt they had and, and come up with an ex, a reason, well, yeah, but you know why? That's because that's a sin or that's this or that's that. No, that would be our natural response in that. Really, the only way to be sincere is to see that person the way that Jesus sees us. He's like, you're good. I love you. It's okay. I don't have to convince you that you're wrong because I'm Jesus. <laughs> I happen to know. <laughs> but it's, it's this confidence that, that he's there and he's doing the work. His Holy Spirit is doing the work on that individual. Then he goes on, Romans 12, 9. It says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Hm. Hate that. Cling to this. They're quite simple. These things, aren't, this, these things aren't like, wow, I never would have thought of that. Cling to what is good. Hate and anger are okay if they're directed at the right thing. But often it comes across as the individual. And if God did that to us, none of us would be sitting in here. None of us could sit in here with any peace whatsoever. Because God just hates the sin and we, we all, all have fallen short. Every single person. And there's no these levels and that levels and this. We all do. So watch where we're directing our hate and anger. I hate the place we're at, not the people we're involved with. I just, I, we've got to figure a way to get along. We've got to figure something out to help them along that journey, to lift them up, love them some way that they're going to see who Jesus is because I know he's in my heart and he needs to be in theirs because it'll change everything or begin to change because how great are we, Right? Romans 12, 10 says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. To honor one another means putting them first. I want to hear you first. No, tell me your story. No, you know, I don't need to put any of my stuff on you. I want to hear what's going on in your life. I want to put your feelings ahead of my feelings. You're, you're obviously hurt. You know, you're, you're, this, 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 whatever's happened to you has is, is left a mark, and I want to hear about it. Pride will want you to put us first. And that's when I, when I hear the word pride, I go, okay, just as long as I don't got it. Because that, that's elevating me, right, above that. And no, I don't need to, I don't need to. That's, that's coming from a wound. That comes from an insecurity, not from my security. That's how you honor one another. Honor them by listening to their story. Romans 12, 14 going to cook along here pretty quick here. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Now, the first thing that came to my mind is two hockey teams. <laughs> and uh, ref makes a bad call. Oh, bless you, ref. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking of the other word, because that's you just see it all over, right? But <laughs> So when I thought of that, I thought, that's pretty bad. I hope I say the right word. Bless you. Oh, yeah, bless you. Yeah. Have you ever done that when you're driving? Pastor Kelly talks about it. I do that too. I don't, oh, I don't do that weather word. Don't get me wrong, but maybe there's a finger gesture for bless you. <laughs> Some Christian will come up with that. Oh, what that actually means bless you. Oh, that wasn't that finger. That's the bless you finger. If that's you, you need to work on you. 
If, if you find that you're not, or, or here's, okay, I'm just going to go here. Man, they, they made me wear a mask. Bless you. You know, that was a real sense. It's too soon? Too soon? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Persecution, right? Church felt persecuted. They shut our doors at times. What? Where would we be as a church if our doors shut and there was no impact on our community? It would mean that any impact was just inside these walls. And man, what a small God that would be for that type of persecution to stop his love from going forward. And I know this is a sensitive issue, so you can, don't go there, Pastor Ralph. It's too soon. But that should be a wake-up call, and I love the way we handle it. And the, the whole thing was just like, just love people. Whatever, however we can allow them in, however we can minister to them, because some were coming with fear, some were coming with anger. And I can want to commend guys like, where's Anthony? Anthony was at one of our doors, and people would come, and the first guy they see is, well, they were trying to convince, convict, coerce. That individual, they're wrong because they're wearing that mask, or not wearing that mask, or... And man, he handled it. I was like, man, that Anthony's got a lot of grace. He impressed me. Because, boy, you get like that. It hurts, right? There he is. Anthony, give it up for Anthony. I, st I still like to ask my wife when we're going into Lowe's or Home Depot, oh, did you bring your mask? She goes, oh, oh, oh. Like, I just, you don't need it. You don't need it. She's not here. I won't say that in the second service, but this one is pretty funny. Be intentional about not returning another hurt for hurt. When people retaliate, when they're trying to, when, when they're persecuting you, there's something, there's something there. There's an opportunity to bring a healing to that situation. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I don't get beeped a lot in my own heart, but I'm trusting that when you fail that, that you would change. Romans 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. You know, here's another driving one because, you know, you're driving to work in the, in the fast lane, and I don't know why we use driving analogies, but you're in the fast lane, you're going 90, it's supposed to be 80, so you're going 10 over, but there's still some guy that wants to go 95 behind you. You know what I do? I like, okay, bless you. I'm pulling over, you go ahead, and then, you know what we get? And they're a red light, and they're right beside me. I go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> wrong. I need to work on me, right? I need to work on me. That should be an indication right now. It's like, you think, oh, that's just an indication. There's something in your life, man. I'm like, yeah, that's wrong, man. Look at that guy, he's at a red light. Or, even better, they get pulled over. Or, photo radar, I've even done that. I'm like, I know photo radar's coming up. Come on, buddy, get on my tail. I'm pulling over. Go, flash. <laughs> I need to work on me. It's so funny, but it's true. We're going to be tempted to convince, convict, coerce, and control people. We're going to be tempted to use all our own methods on others in our community to convince them that Jesus is the way and, and tell them and show them and protest them. And, and, I, and I'm not calling you out because you have a passion for something. That's not it. Romans 12, 17, do not repay evil for evil. You know, because if we do, we're, we're actually uh, uh, telling people that they, they, need, they deserve that. That's karma. That's not Jesus. That's like, they, they, nah, they did it wrong. He went through the photo radar, got a picture, I let him go, but I was just blessing them. 
right? It's like, no, that's, don't do that. If we keep doing that in our community, you know, that's who you are. That's who you are, and that's where you're going to be. I don't want to be that way. I want to keep working on that. I want to keep working on that thing with me. If you're intentional about your relationships, you can actually choose to make a difference by following these guidelines that he put here for us. And it won't come by how you feel, because how you feel is going to be, <laughs> you know, they deserve that. You need to put your own feelings aside, change your mindset to Christ. And there's a lot of indicators that we can see each day how close, how well we're doing to that. If you want some meat, you want to deep into God's word, look in your own life. Man, there's some opportunities to grow <laughs> and get real smart and to learn a lot about yourself. And it means that you need to take a larger chunk of the responsibility in your relationships with others. I love what the Message Bible says about this, and then we're going to close. It says Luke 6, 31 to 34. Here's a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Simple rule of thumb. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. If you only love the lovable, do you expect a pat in the back for that? Run-of-the-mill sinners do that. If you only help those who help you, do you expect a medal? Garden variety sinners do that. If you only give what you hope to get out of it, do you think that's charity? It's the stingiest of pawnbrokers do that. You know, again, we, we, we look at these things here and, and we, we, we expect something because we're a Christian. We, we, we have high, way too high of expectations and I think that's part of our fall because we feel we deserve so much better, but if it wasn't for his love, we wouldn't deserve anything. Today's takeaway, you're the first step in rebuilding relationships. You're the first step. Not the church, you put it on other people, you're taking away that opportunity for God to do something in your life, and he wants to do something in your life. Why give others the power over to how to live our future? The minute we get into that argument or into that fight or try and convict, convince, we're playing their game and that's not what Christ called us to do. Cool, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you, Father, for, for truth, God, in our life, Lord, and how we, we sometimes get all caught up in, in our rights and in our, our own feelings, Lord, and then we just feel if we can just convince others. We, we do these things to, to try and take your message. And then it becomes more about us than you. So God, can you, can you speak to our hearts this week? Can you, can you remind us, Lord, when those who have persecuted us, those who have hurt us, have ripped us off, God, that in that response, Lord, that we would just have your mindset, Lord. However that looks for each one of us, God, I thank you for doing that for us. That we would just be that representative, Lord, that people would just look, whenever the challenges come or the breakdown comes or the home is falling apart, Lord, that we would be that first one to go, okay, I just want to love you. I want to hear about you. I want to help you because it's not about me. And God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So when you start to, when you follow Christ, you become into a relationship, it's, it's a journey. I've been doing this for, I don't know, 38 years or something. And, and yet I can go right back to square one, right back to the baby high chair mode and, and just minutes from a, a situation. And sometimes it's because of life, right? It just gets on you and, and, and hurt people, angry people get around you and you just start to do this. But, but 
God forgives you. He does that through his relationship with you. And that's the coolest thing is it's like, I'm still learning. I'm still walking with them. The apostles, they messed up constantly. It's not a religion. It's, it's, it's actually inside our heart that needs to change. It's not in this building. Otherwise, COVID would have shut it down. We would have just all dispersed and there would have been nothing to it. Nothing can take away that love once it comes into your heart. And we say a prayer. Paul actually talks about conf- confessing with your mouth that he's Lord. When you actually get that revelation, you go, he, he's not like me. <laughs> and I need him in me because I want to be like him. I want others to feel like I do when I get close to him. That's what a relationship with Jesus is. It's a simple prayer. You confess it. You put it there because none of us are capable of doing it all. None of us are without his grace. So I'm going to ask you guys to pray along with me. It's a simple prayer. We say it every week. And if you've prayed it for the it's your first time, pray it with all your heart, all your meaning. And then watch what God begins to do in your heart and your life. It's the most beautiful thing you'll ever experience. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I confess that you were God. I believe that you died and rose again. I ask you to become my Lord, my Savior, my friend. Thank you for forgiving me time and time again. And that I got a new start with you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, this is the part where you have an opportunity to, to acknowledge that you've done that. And there's a card in the seat pocket and most eyes are closed and heads are bowed. But if you want to acknowledge that, I'm not calling you up. I would encourage you to, to get a Bible. We give them away at the next step screen there. Or, or just tell somebody that we can just share in that experience with you and maybe help you along a little bit of the journey. And we'll do our best to do that in the most graceful way and, and the most helpful way. But if you want to acknowledge that, uh, you could just put it on the card and, and no one's going to see it but our team. And we'll do a little bit of follow-up, but not hassle you. I promise you that. Go ahead and just put it on that card or use a QR code and, and make that decision or go to the next steps and, and get a Bible after the service and just tell them, tell them that you made that decision. Cool. All right, are we going to sing some, Tim? You, you can do it. I'm going to get you guys to stand. Let's sing one more time before we go.